Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to my podcast. Sorry I didn't have an episode last weekend. As you guys saw, I was moving to Costa Rica. And um, and yeah, and so you guys can follow my TikTok and my Instagram to stay updated and my YouTube. All of those are Victoria Duvall. And then you guys can also book me for one-on-one coaching and we can go more in depth to become the woman that you've always wanted to be. Um, So today's episode, we're going to do all about veganism. So it's going to be why I went vegan, how to go vegan, how I went vegan, and everything you need to know about veganism and going vegan. A lot of people had requested this podcast, so I'm really excited to do it today. And yeah, without further ado, let's just get into it. So going vegan. So I went vegetarian when I was seven years old and I, for a very long time, I thought, well, why would I ever go vegan? That's like really, it's like really unnecessary, right? Like I went vegetarian when I was seven because pigs are my favorite animal and I realized that bacon were pigs and of course you can't love something and also abuse and murder and mutilate it and consume its body um and I realized that when I was seven so then I pigs are the reason that I stopped eating animals so um but fast forward to when I was maybe 12 or 13 I remember you know making fun of vegans and making fun of veganism and just saying like that's really unnecessary because the reason that I was vegetarian was because I didn't want to harm animals and going vegan felt unnecessary because eggs don't harm animals or so I thought and dairy doesn't harm animals or so I thought right so I was like that just seems super unnecessary And then when I got older, I realized and I learned that dairy and eggs are extremely unethical. The reason that they're so unethical, they're animal abuse, they're just horrible, is because for dairy, we have kind of been taught and brainwashed that cows are just milk-making machines. We kind of think that cows just produce milk 24-7 and that's just not the truth, right? Cows are mammals, so to produce milk, they have to have just had a baby, just like us. Just like us, they have to have just had a baby to produce milk. So for dairy industry, it doesn't matter if it's a huge animal agriculture farm where the cows have no room to move or if it's a farm in the countryside, which is very, very rare. It's like 99% of the um, of the meat we consume and the dairy we consume is animal agriculture, um, factory farming, and then... One person is is this this fantasy that we've been fed that's actually still extremely harmful, um, but still. So no matter what it is, for a cow to produce milk, she has to have just had a baby. So from right there, you're like, okay, this is a mother. 
that we're exploiting and we're stealing her breast milk, right? And we're like, okay, well then what happens next? So the cow has to have just had a baby to produce milk. And then from there, farmers, no matter if it's at a small farm or a huge factory farm, they have to take away the baby from the mother because the baby is not allowed to drink any of the mother's milk that is intended for the baby. The baby can is not allowed to drink any of the milk because that milk is for us. We're drinking that milk. We're stealing her breast milk for her child. We're stealing it away from her child. So then there's two options of what happens to the baby. If the baby is a boy, the baby is killed for veal. Veal is the meat the body parts, the guts, the intestines, just all of that gross stuff of, um, well, not in the intestines, but just the body parts of, um, of baby cows, of calves. And veal was created because they had so many babies from the dairy industry that they were forcing these mother cows to, to have. And they had no idea what to do with all these little baby boys. So they're like, okay, I guess we'll just kill them as babies and sell it as veal. And for the baby boys, veal is um, is calf, so baby calf, baby boys, um, body parts that have been chained up. So they're chained up their whole lives or they're cooped in this tiny, tiny cage because the whole point of veal is that it's very tender because the animal has not moved the entire life. So the babies are slaughtered, I think, around six months old. They're murdered. And so that's what happens to the mother's babies, the dairy, the cows who are producing dairy for us to drink. Um, their babies, their baby boys are being killed and um, at, at infancy, in infancy for veal. And then for the girls, they grow up to the same fate as their mothers. And what happens to the mothers once they can no longer produce milk? They're considered spent. So after about five pregnancies where they're raped, and I'll explain that in a second, it's called artificial um, insemination. Insemination? Insemination, I believe. Artificial insemination, yeah. And um, and so the mothers, I'll explain that in a second, but the girls, the baby girls are then um, used as they will grow up to the same fate as their mothers. They will be impregnated. They will be raped. And then they will have their children stolen, murdered and sold off. Um, and, and then eventually once the mother is spent, she can no longer produce any more milk. She is killed as well. Um, no matter if it's at a factory farm or at a small farm, when the mother is no longer profitable to the farmer, she's killed for meat. So if, no matter what, the cow is going to go to um, meat, to be slaughtered, to be killed, because when people are seeing animals as objects, as things that we use um, as goods to provide us with something, they, they don't care, right? They're just trying to profit off of them. They're just trying to exploit them to the highest possible manner. I think that dairy is one of the biggest injustices and one of the biggest spaces of exploitation because it hits every space right you exploit the female body you exploit womanhood you exploit mothers you murder somebody you eat them you steal their milk and you rape them so it's just and you torture them and abuse them throughout their lives most of the time for 99% of it of the cows um so 
also with artificial insemination, um, they are basically the farmers have semen in their hands, bull semen in their hands, and they line the the mother cows up in these things called rape racks um, where they can't move and then they stick their fists into the cow's vagina and put in this semen from the bull um, and then impregnate them and then that's how they're impregnated and then of course they carry their babies I believe for nine months the same as us they love their babies I've watched videos of mother cows their babies being stolen from them and they're chasing after the cars and they're screaming and it's just horrible right so if you think this is wrong then you shouldn't consume dairy and when I learned about how horrific this industry was I immediately stopped consuming dairy now let's talk about eggs so eggs um First of all, there's no such thing as cage-free or, you know, free-range chickens um, for eggs. Those guidelines are fake. The thing with cage-free is it means there's literally no cage. So you can take a space the size of your dining room table and stick 200 chickens on there. They might as well be in a cage because they can't move. They're just all on top of each other, defecating on top of each other. They can't move. So, mm, is the same thing as being in a cage. So that's, you know, that qualifies as cage-free. And then free range, the definition for that means that there has to be access to light. So that can mean that in a a room where there's, maybe the room is the size of a bathroom and there's 200,000 chickens in there or something like that. Like say there's 5,000 chickens in there and they're all on top of each other or something. And then there's just a little small window to the side that's like, you know, one foot across and one foot down, and that's it. That qualifies as free range if there's access to light. So it's completely unethical. And then mother chickens have been genetically modified to produce um, chick, uh, um, eggs 24-7. 99% is factory farmed. They're all laying on top of each other and um, most of the time they're just in cages the size of an iPad. There's about three of them in that space um, and they are just pooping on top of one another like the, the people on the bottom cage get all of the poop and the pee from everyone below them. All chickens no matter if they are um, free range, cage free, whatever, if they're in the factory farm which is 99% of the time, um, their beaks are cut off with a hot iron um, rod with no anesthesia, of course. Um, they're cut off because the birds go crazy, of course, in those environments and they peck each other's eyes out and like peck each other to death. So they cut off their beaks. Um, and and yeah, and so that's um, that's fact that's that's eggs. Right. And then also um the same thing happens where there's this this excess, right? With dairy, there's this like excess of babies because we're forcing these mothers to have babies and we don't really know what to what to do with them. Um, and so then we kill them and, and or we do the same thing as we did to their mothers. And then with the chickens, um, we are constantly laying eggs in in farms so that we can have more mother hens, right? But the boy chicks are completely useless. So what they do, and you know, you can look it up for yourself, what they do is 
as the chicks are born, they all go on a conveyor line and the girls are pulled off and the boys are kept in. And there's two options on the conveyor line. One option will lead into a massive grinder so they get blended up alive, the baby boy chicks. The second option is they go into a big plastic bag and they suffocate to death. Um, And it's just thrown in the garbage. So that is dairy and eggs. And then with um, like, you know, people will say, oh, well, I got it from my, you know, best friend and she has a backyard um, chickens in the backyard. First of all, once the chickens are no longer able to be, um, they're no longer able to produce eggs. Most people kill them or sell them or go give them to God knows where. It's already unethical. And number two, the place that they got the chickens did the same thing with the boys. So when they bought the chickens, they were supporting and their money went towards and they bought and they supported and they um, they paid for the male chicks to be grinded up alive alive or to be suffocated. And then on top of that, you're literally eating a chicken's menstrual cycle, like the same way that we pass an egg when it's not fertilized. So do they. And we're literally eating that and it's really gross. Like we're just eating a chicken's period and it's super nasty and it's really bad for you and it's super high in sodium and it's just not good for you at all. Um, So that is chicken and dairy or eggs and dairy. And that is what I found out when I was in when I was around 16 years old. I found that out. And I was like, whoa, I thought that being vegetarian was enough and it definitely wasn't. And once I realized that because I was an ethical vegetarian, I went vegan immediately. But let's talk about eating animals, right? So eating animals um, as far as pork, um, beef, chicken, whatever, um, there's a book that's called Why We Love, Why We wear cows, love dogs, and eat pigs. And everyone should read that book. And it's a really good book because basically we realize that the only reason that we eat certain animals and we deem them a life of misery and abuse and exploitation is because we have been, we just have accepted that truth. There's no difference between a dog and a pig. But what we do to pigs, we laugh at and we endorse. But if we did even a, f- a one 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 thousandth of that to a dog, that person would be in jail. That's not right. First of all, pigs are smarter than dogs. The animal doesn't need to be super smart to be worthy of respect and basic rights. However, pigs are smarter than dogs. So if we do it by intelligence, pigs are the fifth smartest animal on the planet. They're smarter than three-year-old children. They recognize themselves um, as their own individual. They're extremely, extremely smart up there next to dolphins, whales, and elephants. Um, And we murder them and we exploit them. And it is It is worse than you can ever imagine. It is literally hell on earth. There is something called a gestation crate for mother pigs. Of course, to keep producing pigs, you have to have mothers that you make constantly have pigs so you can kill pigs. So you have these mothers in these things called gestation crates. They're completely legal and they are crates so small that you will the pig will never turn around in its entire life. So this mother 
who is being exploited to the highest degree. She is being forcibly um, impregnated. She, all of her babies are being stolen and murdered. She will scream and cry and suffer. She will never be able to turn around in a circle once in her entire life. Please look up what a gestation crate is. So, um, gestation crates, pigs are, their tails are cut off and burned and they are castrated, which means their balls are taken off at, um, with no anesthesia from an extreme, at an extremely young age when they're only a few weeks old. Um, and this is obviously extremely painful. Imagine your leg being cut off or your ear being cut off. Um, and then also your genitalia being mutilated, um, with no anesthesia. And then these beautiful, smart, intelligent animals are abused and murdered their entire lives. There is something called the save movement and the save movement is a, um, basically a worldwide group where, Basically, people can go and um, and and bear witness to the animals that are being slaughtered. I have gone many times as I feel it's my duty to go and bring awareness to what's going on. Um, And so you can go and you bear witness to them as they come off of these trucks. Um, They have to be transported to the slaughter space. And the slaughter space is usually, um, it takes three days for them to get there. They have no food. They have no water. They're crammed into these spaces. Many of them die from exhaustion, from dehydration, from starvation. But the ones who do survive, um, they are literally battered. I have seen them with my own eyes. I've seen them in the United States. I've seen them in Los Angeles. I've seen them in Buenos Aires. I've seen them in Madrid. I've seen them because I've gone to these, these groups and I've gone to these places in all of those countries and all of those cities. And it is worse than you can even imagine. Um, They are bloodied and crying and screaming and shaking. And they do not want to die. And there is no humane way to kill someone who does not want to die. There is, let me repeat that. There is no humane way to kill someone who does not want to die. There is no such thing as humane meat. There is no such thing as humane meat even if it's on a small small farm, which is actually worse for the environment. It's like a catch-22. People are like, oh, you know, it's more ethical if the pigs are or the animals are raised on a, on a you know, farm where they can roam around. Yeah, not really, right? Because they're still killed and murdered and seen as objects and there's a lot of, you know, blurred lines there. However, um, it's wor- way worse for the environment. Or you do factory farming and it's also super bad for the environment because there's an incredible amount of waste that ha- that comes out, which is one of the reasons that um, factory farming is one of the leading leading cause of animal. Um, oh, sorry, one of the leading cause of um, of deforestation. One of the leading causes of greenhouse gas emissions um, are is animal agriculture. Um, but yeah, there's there's just no ethical way to kill someone, murder someone who does not want to die. And from a very young age, you know, people say they're empaths all the time. How empathetic can you really be if every single second and every single meal you're eating the dead body parts of someone who screamed and suffered and, and, and didn't want to die and, and cried and shook? Really? No. 
<laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's not empathetic to me. Um, or just, you know, it doesn't really fit the definition of empathy. Um, but from a very young age, I understood that um, you you can't kill somebody else for such a selfish reason. For such a selfish reason. It's only for taste. We do not need animals to survive. We don't need to eat them to survive. We don't need to use their their body parts to survive. We are perfectly capable of having eating other other meals. Um, we can get all of our vitamins and nutrients from a plant based diet. There is nothing that you are lacking on a plant based diet. The number one strongest man on earth. He's from Australia. He's vegan. There's plenty of athletes who are vegan. Um, Kyrie Irving is vegan. Tom Brady is vegan. There's so many, so many NBA players, so many NFL players. The entire Titans football team defense went vegan at one point. Like there's so many um, vegan people from all walks of life. Veganism is not a white thing. It is extremely um, integrated in mostly people of colors. Um, um, how do you say like backgrounds or ancestry? Ancestry. Um, Indian culture is predominantly vegan. So many cultures are predominantly vegan um, or at least vegetarian. And it's extremely accessible. Um let's talk about accessibility. There's a lot of things and confusion around um, accessibility for veganism. First of all, if you are able to go vegan, it's your moral obligation to go vegan. If you are in a food desert, um, which is a systemic and intentional creation of lack of healthy food oh wow the sun just came out around me (laughs) but lack of healthy food in an area that's predominantly people of color and predominantly low income that's what a food desert is it's intentional it's by the done by the government and it's not created by mistake if you're in a food desert if you're on food stamps you're, you're not in a position to really choose any form of, of eating habit, right? Because you, you can't eat organic food if you choose to. You can't choose this or that because you have no access. That doesn't mean, veganism isn't to blame for that, right? Actually, what's to blame is the lack of veganism. It's the intentional desire to keep you sick. The intentional desire to strategically um, only put fast food and and only put salami and and these really these cancer causing foods in your area in food deserts you yourself are not um able possibly to go vegan there are many 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 poor vegans many 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 poor vegans i think probably the majority of, of vegans are poor um however um if you're in a food desert or you're literally unable it's not veganism's fault, it's the government's fault and poverty's fault that you're actually not being afforded the opportunity to be healthy through plant-based foods. 
And there's many vegan groups. Um, I actually know one vegan organization. It's a girl who was from a food desert. She's vegan and she brings free vegan food to her community, really just fruits and vegetables. Um to her community to try to offset the food desert. I also know an incredible organization in Miami where they went into a food desert that they are from and they created a um, a garden. Uh, it's a vegan garden, obviously, so it's all just basically vegetables. It's completely free to the community, completely volunteer run. They are amazing men. They have done such an incredible job. They are so amazing. But the point here is, I'm going to, I'm going to link them below, but the point here is that it's not, you know, a lot of times I think there's this frustration at veganism because of food deserts. And it's like, Hey, wait, Veganism is actually more likely than not the solution here. Like health is the solution here. Um, and plant-based diet is health. But um, the fact that you can't go vegan is very, you know, strategically done to you to keep you sick, to keep you unhealthy, to keep you um, wounded, right? So the goal there is to offset that by community people who can helping right like the the organizations who create the the free food in the in the area and stuff like that but of course you know you're not obligated or something if you literally can't if you're in a food desert what are you supposed to do but even for poor vegans if you're not um in poverty complete poverty but poor vegans and for any vegans vegans on a on a budget whatever um veganism is so inexpensive so inexpensive even right now you know in costa rica it's so inexpensive beans rice and an avocado right you don't even need an avocado but beans and rice are such staples in vegan communities beans and rice a can of beans here is like 50 cents and in the united states it's like 99 cents and a bag of rice is like two dollars um and that's so filling a pb and j for breakfast for breakfast these are normal things that people eat that are cheap that are easy pb and j's these are like really easy on a budget things um here in costa rica you can eat fruits for breakfast that are extremely inexpensive and this is what I'm doing right now fruit for breakfast and then beans and rice or um or like a quesadilla uh, something like that for for lunch um or or dinner or whatever but it's really just a rotation of that and it's really pretty easy to be vegan um even if you don't have access to all of these you know foods that are really fun and fluffy like Ben and Jerry's ice cream and vegan marshmallows and you know vegan fake meats all of those are great options but um, they're not necessary to go vegan Um, so that's a little bit about you know how to go vegan and why to go vegan there's all these little like (laughs) I think there's monkeys walking on the roof right now so I sorry if there's like a lot of background noise (laughs) but uh, yeah so and then also I just wanted to give some resources that you can watch so the documentary Cowspiracy is on Netflix and that documentary is about the environmental impact of factory farming it's where you will learn that animal agriculture is the number one leading cause of ocean dead zones and species extinction 
It will, is where you will learn that animal agriculture is one of the leading causes of climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so you'll learn all of that and you'll also learn why they try to keep this information from us. Another documentary to watch is called What the Health. It's also on Netflix. It's on other platforms as well. Um, but What the Health is where you will learn about environmental racism, how um, slaughterhouses and factory farms are strategically put in communities of people of color um, because they cause cancer. And they're not going to put those in white communities, right? And if they tried white communities have more systemic power, their voices are heard more than black and brown communities. And so it's just it just won't happen because their voices are more um, valued in the United States and they're more listened to. And however, they can the government and the the United States and these corporations can silence. Um, black and brown voices um, and their concerns so much more easily. And so they put slaughterhouses and factory farms in these uh, communities of color. And it causes cancer, it causes child death, it causes asthma. All of these people are having lung cancer when they've never smoked a day in their life. And it's because these are cancer-causing um, facilities and on top of that, you will also learn that um, meat is listed as a type 1 carcinogen in the same category as smoking cigarettes by the World Health Organization. Um, you will also learn, also I would just like to say about um, environmental racism, which is huge. Food deserts is environmental racism, right? So that's a part of environmental racism, If you, what, what that is. If you don't know what it is, just look it up. Um, but food deserts are a huge part of um, environmental racism and why people are being strategically prevented from um, having access to healthy plant-based foods. Um so, so yeah, and also in What the Health, you'll learn that drinking dairy increases your chance of breast cancer by a huge, huge, huge margin. Um, and that's because, for one of many reasons, the hormones... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In breast milk, we stop needing those. First of all, it's insane having like 
milk from another animal is insane because having milk from cows is the same thing as if we went and got the milk from dogs and drank dog milk and we went and sucked on their teats like that's crazy to think about right because the only milk that we're actually supposed to drink is from our own species that's every single animal is that we are animals every single animal does that however randomly we decided to drink the milk of another animal species and it's so unhealthy to us and our actual natural state is lactose intolerant right that's natural to us so all the people who are lactose intolerant you just haven't mutated yet all the people who can actually consume dairy have just mutated to to accept it and it's also been conditioned into you and when you stop drinking dairy and you take a cleanse from it you literally like can't even have it anymore um if I drink it I, th- I throw up because it's so not supposed to be in your body your body loses the enzyme that's supposed to break down breast milk once you stop drinking your mother's breast milk However, we now randomly drink cow breast milk and it's just so, so weird. And anyway, um, there's an extreme, extremely large amount of hormones in cow breast milk, obviously. And because it's meant to, it's the same thing that our mother's breast milk does for us. It nurtures us and and grows us extremely quickly into larger human beings. The same thing happens with baby cows. The cow's breast milk is supposed to take their mother breast milk is supposed to take that baby and make it a big cow right and so it has such high amounts of hormones and estrogen and people are afraid of tofu causing boobs in men what about dairy which has way higher levels of estrogen and hormones it's literally drinking cow mother's milk breast milk and um it's causing all of these deformities and um and and all of these huge issues in in people but one of the reasons that it's causing breast cancer is is just because of that um and and yeah so your chances of having breast cancer are way higher if you regularly drink dairy um and and yeah so that is another great um documentary another great documentary is called the game changers and that is by it's kind of around um athletes being vegan so it just features a ton of vegan athletes like lewis hamilton and um a vegan nfl player and the strongest man in the world and just a bunch of vegan athletes um and this marathon runners and and whatnot and then um and then another great resource is called Eating Animals. It's a book by Jonathan Saffron Foyer, I believe. And then the other one I mentioned is a great resource called Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs, and Wear Cows. That's an incredible resource. And then um, what other book is a great resource? Um, I'm trying to think every 12 minutes is by Timothy Patchera, I believe, is about um, the the side-by-side exploitation of animals and humans in slaughterhouses. I could really go on forever because veganism is like animal agriculture is so problematic for so many reasons, but I'll just go quickly into this. Basically, slaughterhouse slaughterhouse jobs and slaughterhouse workers are so, so, so abused. And being a slaughterhouse worker is one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. And there is a 100% turnover rate. There's no unionizing and they're usually all like automatically fired at around six months because they don't want any unions and they don't want um, anyone to complain 
Um, there's also a massive synchronicity around the butchering of animals and the butchering of people because every single person has a job in the slaughterhouse. So for example, someone's job is to slit throats all day. The other person's job is to cut off legs all day. So they're just on a line, right? It's like, it's like you're packaging things, right? It's people, they're on a line and every second, every second they're slicing off, off legs every second, right? And then the person next to you is slicing off legs. So everyone's just really quick using these huge knives. Every, this, every second, this person is slicing throats. Every second, this person is slicing throats. And, um, and this causes massive fatalities, accidents, and people's fingers are cut off. Their arms are cut off. They are um, the cleaning people. That's another huge issue in slaughterhouses are the, the people who clean up, the cleaning crew afterwards. They are killed and, and they die at way higher rates because it's so dangerous cleaning this equipment. They might fall into the grinder, um, all of these things like that. So it's so dangerous. It causes massive health issues in the long run. If someone does work there for a longer period of time, it causes massive health issues, psychological, but I'm really talking about physical health issues right now. And on top of that, they target people of color, asylum seekers, and refugees. And they will send buses into asylum cities in the United States and into refugee cities and try to um, recruit refugees and asylum seekers for these jobs. Why are they doing that? Because in these industries, they try to recruit and to use and to exploit the people where their voices have the less, the least amount of, of, um, of like reach right so a refugee who just came to this country their voice isn't going to be as heard as a middle-aged white man they want the person who their voice isn't going to be heard who they can exploit who they can use and who they can harm and that's who they go for they send buses into Mexico to pick up vulnerable workers and bring them back this is what happens in the animal agriculture industry. And then these people are, of course, disproportionately harmed and um, psychologically and physically harmed in these jobs. They will wear boots. What are, what are rain boots? Because the blood will go so high up. Um, so, yeah, so these jobs, it's just in every way, it's unethical for humans, for animals, for um, the earth. The earth is such a massive part of this. And every one second, there is a, um, a football field size of rainforest that is cleared for animal agriculture. And also, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, you know, Soy is used so much that like in the rainforest, soy is one of the reasons that all of these trees are cut down. Well, the leading cause is animal agriculture, but then what's the leading cause of the, the leading space that the soy is cultivated for? It's to feed the, the cows and the animals. So the animals themselves, they're cutting down all of these acres and acres and acres every second of the rainforest to clear space to graze these cows. Um, and then they're cutting down acres and acres and acres of space and of trees and of rainforest to grow soy crops for um, for to feed the, oh, sorry, <laughs> to feed the animals. I like just like smash into my mic. But um, 
but yeah, to feed the animals. And I think this it's over 90% of soy that's produced is actually just to feed animals. Imagine how amazing it would be if we just cut out the animal part, right? Because we can all live off of just like soy products. Um, but actually, I don't even condone that as much. But it, it's imagine if we cut out both of those and we just raise crops, if we just raise beans. So instead of even with soy, say you cut down 10 acres, which you're cutting down that every 10 seconds, but 10 acres of um, rainforest for feed for the animals and then 10 acres of rainforest for the animals. What if you just cut out the middleman, which is the animal, and just eat the, the soy or the beans or the crops that we're feeding to the animals? So do you see that there's this middleman in the middle who is being, we're then, we're, ra- we're making crops to feed to the animals, to feed to us, when we could just eat the crops and that would cut that would cut out a massive space of um rainforest deforestation and also the animals are way more problematic for the environment because they let off so much co2 which completely 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 harms the um the um the ozone Um, so yeah, so there's just so, so, so many issues here. I actually took, I don't know if you guys know, but I went to NYU and I actually took a class at NYU called, um, veganism and, uh, no, it was, yeah, veganism and environmental rights in literature. And so we just read books and books and books about environmental rights, environmental racism and veganism. And it was an amazing class. I love that class so much, but I, and I learned so much. So I could really go on about this forever. But now let's just talk really quick about easy ways to just go vegan, right? So you have to get educated. You have to have a reason why. There is no ethical way to kill an animal. Look into the eyes of a dog or a, a cow or a pig. What is the difference? what's the difference? The only difference is you've deemed one worthy of abuse and mutilation and murder and the other one you've you've deemed worthy of rights and of safety. That's not fair. That's not just. That's not ethical. That's not moral. That's wrong. That's not okay. Right? That's not okay. And we can't keep murdering these sentient, beautiful beings. For what? For what? We murder them. We harm ourselves right? Can't, uh, meat is a number one cancer-causing agent. We murder them, we murder ourselves, and we murder the earth. For what? We have to stop doing this. And I look into the eyes of cows and of pigs and of dogs and of cats and of every animal, and it just breaks my heart that we would raise a hand to harm these beautiful animals when we have no right um and they are worthy of of rights they're worthy of respect of decency and just you don't have to be an animal lover to realize that somebody else deserves autonomy and deserves rights you also don't have to deem them as extremely intelligent to be worthy of rights you wouldn't, a, a baby is not intelligent, right? But it's still worthy of protection and of rights. What if that baby is never going to mature into intelligence? Because people were like, well, it's going to grow up and be intelligent. What if it's not? What if one of our, what if my baby is never going to grow up with, um, you know, 
intel being being the same amount of intelligence as other children or something like that or my baby's going to die prematurely what if my baby's going to die at one years old and it will never reach that state of development does that mean that my baby isn't worthy of of protection and of rights and of autonomy and that my baby should be killed and mutilated no it doesn't it's the same thing for animals we are animals like we're not disconnected we're not above anybody else we're all living here together and it's not right to just kill these animals and you can see the hypocrisy and you can see the the fabrication that we've all been pushed under falling apart when you look in these other countries and you see um cats and dogs being eaten in other countries well what's wrong with that if you eat dog if you eat pigs and cows what's wrong with eating dogs and cats it's the same thing except actually pigs are smarter than than dogs and cats and pigs are more intelligent and more emotional and more caring than dogs and cats what's the difference so if you eat dogs and cats I mean if you eat pigs and cows you can't point the finger at another person and say, oh, it's crazy that you eat that you eat dogs and cats. That's what I think about you. I think it's crazy that you eat dogs and cows because I, I see it from a more objective view, from a more outside view. I see all of it together. And that's kind of what veganism is. You're seeing like, wait, I've been fed this story, this narrative that some are worthy of death and mutilation and abuse and others are worthy of rights, which is the baseline of all exploitation and oppression um, and you see that and you say wait everyone is worthy of autonomy and rights and and decency and respect so that is um, the kind of baseline of veganism um, and then also within veganism you just make sure that your products are cruelty free and vegan if you can if you have access to that you look for a little bunny on your products like your deodorant or something and that means it's not tested on animals and then you also thrift your clothes if you're going to maybe get leather or something but you don't buy leather which is just animal skin firsthand um and you also don't buy fur second or first hand and you um, just make sure that you you know get vegan products and cruelty free products and stuff if you can um, but thrifting is pretty accessible for everybody and um, buying second hand is totally fine as long as it's not fur so those are kind of the vegan rules so I've been vegan I kind of just jumped into this episode um, but I've been vegan for almost seven years now and um and I was vegetarian for maybe 10 or 9 before that and I took many veganism classes at um NYU so I I really learned a lot of the more um you know the more the literature side of it um but you really don't need all of that to know that veganism is the only way all you really need to do is tap into your heart um, there's like a quote I think by Buddha and it says like see yourself in others then what harm can you do who can you harm what violence can you do or something like that it's like um, wait what is it it's see yourself in others then what harm can you do who can you hurt and that's basically the baseline of veganism you know you do not have the right to murder someone else and cause their entire life to be suffering 
Um, And when you see that you've just been fed this lie that, you know, there's no harm in it or that, you know, cows are just can just be killed and they're just they're just our objects to use and mutilate and murder and we can just steal their babies and we can just rape them and we are allowed to just you know steal their breast milk like no and you see through that and you see that it's not okay and that it's been fed to us and you see why has it been fed to us because all of that keeps us sick Nobody really wants, like the people that have interest in keeping us sick don't want us to obviously be healthy. In the United States, you have to pay for health care. So you're eating all of these type 1 carcinogens, which is meat, and then you're going into the health care system because you're sick. And you can't even get cholesterol on a vegan diet. Isn't that crazy? You can only get cholesterol from eating animals. Like, duh, you know, like, or animal byproducts. Um, but, you know, your your blood pressure would go down. All of these things. Just watch what the health. But also, real quick, I wanted to talk about the sea, the ocean. You guys have to watch Seaspiracy on Netflix or wherever you watch it. So the movies that ever I'm assigning as homework to every on all the non-vegans, um, Seaspiracy, Cowspiracy, What the Health, and The Game Changers. Um, Seaspiracy is about the ocean. I want to talk to you guys about something called bycatch. You might not care about if you kill fish. I care about if we kill fish, but let's say you just don't care, right? You're like, whatever, fuck it, it's just a fish. But you might care about a whale, right? So I want to tell you about fishing. So in the sea, in the open ocean, the way that, it's, it's so funny because it's the same thing as, as, the, as the land animals, right? There's a catch-22 because people will be like, oh, it's wild caught, or it's or it's factory farmed it's farmed fish or it's wild caught both of them are equally as bad but both has one benefit over the other right so wild caught means that it there's no factory farming so they're not all farmed together right but why you know what wild caught does mean there's bycatch so what they do to catch the to meet the demand for fish they put a massive net miles and miles long of net and they put it out into the ocean and they they pull it up, right? Wherever they see a bunch of fish and they pull it up. And in that net, there's sharks, there's whales, there's turtles, there's seals, there's all these different types of, of animals. And they don't care, right? Because they're focused on getting the fish. So for every, I forget what the statistic is, but you guys got to watch Seaspiracy, but for like every pound of shrimp, let's say, that you eat, there's three pounds of, of bycatch. So when they're trying to catch shrimp, they also catch every other thing in the area. So they're going to catch the whales. They're going to catch the sharks. I think the statistic is like 250,000 sharks and whales are killed every year in the fishing industry as bycatch. Um, so they're going to catch all the turtles. So every time that you eat salmon, you not only killed that salmon, but you also killed a shark. You also killed a whale. You also killed a turtle. That's not okay. We're ruining our ecosystems. We're ruining the ocean. We're hurting these animals for what? Because we're selfish. That's it. It's the only reason. So that's wild caught fishing, right? Or you do farmed fishing. 
which is basically they have in a really small area a bunch of salmon and they like it's contained and they are never in the wild ocean and they put all these salmon in the area or these tilapia or whatever and they all get infested with disease and it's so bad for the environment and you know it's just disgusting and both of these things are bad for the environment um one of them the fish are like so diseased and then the other one in the oceans all the fish have plastic in them because they eat a lot of algae and we have so many microplastics in the ocean that the fish then are are made up of microplastics you can look it up for yourself um you can also look at the documentary called plastic ocean i believe it's called and it talks about just plastic in the ocean but about how prevalent this this issue is in fish and how they test fish in all of these different markets and all these different countries and all of them have microplastics in them so whenever you eat fish you're eating microplastics and also whenever you eat fish you're murdering sharks whales seals turtles now let's talk about last thing because i'm getting tired let's talk about plastic in the ocean everybody wants to talk about right the the what is it called the um straws that's great right that's great but that's the smallest fucking percentage of anything in the ocean the biggest source of plastic in the ocean is fishing nets fishing nets 47 percent of the ocean plastic is fishing nets what happens is they have these huge nets in the ocean they pull out all of the fish and then also all of the whales sharks seals turtles other fish species in the area right they pull that out then when they no longer need the net they drop it in the ocean do you know what a net is is intended to do entangle entangle and catch So then who gets entangled and caught in these nets? All of the animals in the ocean still. So that's why you see sharks and whales caught in fishing nets, seals caught in fishing nets. Look up ocean animals caught in fishing nets. They leave these nets in the ocean. They're now the the main source of ocean plastic, and they're also killing all the animals in the ocean. So while it's being used, it's killing all the animals in the ocean. And then when it's discarded, it's still killing all the animals in the ocean right so there's really no ethical way to do this we have to stop we have to stop we're doing it at such an unsustainable level as well and it's literally insane and we have to stop this is madness this is madness imagine if you went into the desert and you wanted to or say you went into some land area right and you were trying to get a bunch of chickens and you just like got a huge net and When you got all the chickens, you got all the horses, all the dogs, all of the bears, all of the coyotes, all of the wolves, all of the um, all of the endangered species in the area. And you got them all and you killed them, too. That's insane. You can't do that. But because it's in the ocean and there's so many issues in the ocean because it's far removed from us. So there's just so many horrible things happening with the animal agriculture industry in the ocean but but yeah so that's what happens in the ocean guys there's just no ethical way to do this please go vegan for the animals i am forever vegan for the animals um they do not deserve to die because of our selfishness and because we want the taste of them that is not okay. That's selfish. And that it, to come down to it, it's the only reason is you want the taste. Can you imagine how selfish that is? 
You tell somebody else, I'm going to mutilate you. I'm going to murder you. I'm going to cut you up. You're never going to turn around in a crate your whole life. I'm going to rape you. I'm going to steal your babies. I'm going to steal your breast milk. I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to abuse you because I want to taste your leg. That's why, that's the only reason. Cause I, and I don't even need to, I could go eat beans. I could go eat tofu. I could go eat. Actually, there's mock things of your leg that taste the same and that are healthier. I could eat those, but I don't want to. I want to eat yours. Imagine, imagine the entitlement. Imagine the lack of empathy. Imagine, imagine that. That's crazy to me. And then as far as fake meats, yeah, um, there's a lot of fake meats that you can have as well. My personal favorites are Gardein um, chicken strips. I also love the Beyond Meat sausages. Daring chicken is amazing. Um, there's so many great like fake mock meats and, um, and yeah. And then also like, I personally don't really have mock meats all of the time. I usually cook with like whole foods. Um, I also want to call attention, attention to Dr. Sebi, who is a black Latino, um, um, like healer. And he is a proponent of the alkaline vegan diet. Um, that's a diet, a vegan diet for health, right? So veganism is for the animals. It also happens to be more healthy, but if you want to really hone it in and be like as healthy as possible, you'd probably be more like whole foods, plant-based vegan. Um, I'm also for health. So I'm like alkaline, not as much alkaline anymore. Um, just cause me and my boyfriend, my boyfriend's not alkaline and he's just vegan. He's been vegan for like four years. Um, so I'm more whole food, plant-based vegan. Um, and yeah and so I've been obsessed with jackfruit tacos lately like it's not a mock meat but like people think it is kind of like they use it and it guys jackfruit tacos are everything um but yeah so Dr. Sebi is also um an African um Afro-Latino herbalist and healer and he created the alkaline list where it's basically the foods that are most natural to African people it's a completely vegan list and it's all about African healing um it's also for anybody I used it for a long time and still use it and it's the most healthy I've ever felt is when I was alkaline vegan and you can just look up Dr. Sebi list and it's like a kind of yellowish thing it's like on google images and you can find it there um, so yeah, and the point of me saying that too is to give references for people of color um, who are huge proponents in their communities of veganism because veganism is a people of color thing. That's the thing, like for example, Dr. Sebi is talking about the most natural diet for African people is an alkaline vegan diet. Queen Afua, I believe that's how you say her name. She wrote a book for African women's healing, for African American women's healing. It's called Sacred Woman. She also is a proponent of a strict vegan diet. It says that it's the only way to healing. Um, her son is a men's wellness healing person and he does he also is a his his Instagram is like super supernova slam or something like that I don't know but Queen Afua is amazing um I think every black woman should read her book called Sacred Woman um but also you know other any woman can read it but specifically black women it's for black women um and then, yeah, so Queen Afua, she's a huge proponent of veganism and how it's the most natural thing for African-American people. Um, 
in the Mediterranean area and a lot of Asian cultures, it's heavy on just vegetables and then a little bit of fish, but no meat. So it's, it's very, veganism is very, very ingrained into most people of color's cultures, but it's been, um, weeded out throughout the years as, cultures have become more diluted like in the American culture um, a lot of African Americans then eat the diets of um, this American diet which is not natural and then you know Asian people come and they eat it and Latino people come and they eat it Um, Latinos like we there's a lot of um, meat in the diet but there's it's so easy to be a to be a vegan Latino like for real like even my family um when I go, like, we just make, um, you know, um, rice and beans and veggies, and it's, like, really not that serious, and so, yeah, um, but anyway, guys, I'm getting a little tired, so I'm gonna end this podcast. I've been talking for a full hour now, um, but there's just so much I could say on this, and I can do a part two. You guys can also um, message me on Instagram and ask me questions. I think I'm also gonna do, like, a little ask me a question box thing about this, um, but yeah, so, go vegan guys. This is all I got for right now about all the information that I can give you guys, but I love you. Please go vegan for the animals. They please stop being selfish and start being empathetic and start living your values because if you wouldn't murder a dog and eat a dog, then you don't have any moral precedence to murder and eat a pig. Okay, guys, I love you and I will talk to you soon and I'll see you next Saturday at 12. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.